Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for those who are gathered here tonight, Lord. We thank you for the um, opportunity to be in your house. Lord, we um, just pray as we come before you that you would work in our hearts tonight and that we would hear from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Just, we just run over a couple announcements before we sing another song. Uh, greetings from Pastor and the family, those who are in Oklahoma. Things, uh, the trip For those who prayed, the trip out there went very well. There was nothing with the band, so we praise the Lord for that. And he is enjoying time with Felix Hale, the new grandbaby. And the kids are having a great time there at YouthCon, so um, we praise the Lord for that. Uh, just be in prayer. We're working on the ceiling over there at Union. Praise the Lord. It is going well. But um, there's still a lot left to be done. There's still, we're putting the grid up right now. Brother Bill is doing an amazing job. So please be in prayer for that as we continue to work. Uh, that the Lord would give safety and just wisdom with all the crazy um, things we have to do to make sure it's right and straight. We praise the Lord that Brother Bill was able to come down and help us out with that. Um, other announcements, just uh, there will be regular visitation on Saturday. And we'll... Um, for those of you who want to come out for that, and we, um, that'll be at 11 o'clock. And um, the pastor should be back on Sunday. So pray as they make the return trip Friday and Saturday that once again the Lord would bless with traveling mercies. I believe that's all the announcements. So, Stephen, you want to come lead us in that last song? In that area, and want to also thank those who are visiting, both from the local area and then from outside who are just in the city and stop by for tonight. Go ahead, grab your Bibles, Genesis chapter 22. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 22 is where we're going to be tonight. As we take a look into God's Word and Lord willing, we'll see um, some principles, see some lessons that God would have us to learn, how we should respond to testing in life and how God wants us to live for Him. Genesis chapter 22 Verse number one, a very familiar story. The Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I will go, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto his father, unto Abraham his father, and said, My father? And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order 
and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering and the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of, the pla- of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Let's pray one more time. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we just come before you, we are opening up your word. I just pray that you would give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech, that I would communicate your word, Lord, that we would hear from you tonight, that I wouldn't say anything I shouldn't, but that we could understand what you're trying to say to us, and that we could leave challenged to live more for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This world is full of tests. Life is full of tests. And you and I are going to face tests until this life is over. It's just a fact of life. There is tests in this life. There is trials that you're going to go through in life. There is events that you come and you're going to look at it and you're going to say, Why me? Why am I facing this situation right now? Some of it you bring on yourself. Do you remember the first time you took a driving test? I could, I could not think of the word test without thinking of the word driving test. Some of us have failed the test the first time or the second. Hopefully not the third, but all of us have experienced the terror, or if you have, take, if you have your driver's license, you've experienced the terror of when you took that test. Those who, those who know what I'm talking about understand you. You're sitting there, and the instructor is sitting beside you, and you have no clue what's about to come out of their mouth. You're driving, and you're coming up to the intersection, and they're just not even paying attention. You're like, what am I supposed to do at this intersection? You're almost up to it, and all of a sudden they say two words. Turn right. Okay, you could have told me that like two blocks before you're going to turn right so I could have been prepared. You know, it's, it's, um, it can be a very intimidating, a very frustrating, especially if you have to take it again. I remember when I was going for my CDL on a, on a coach bus. And I still didn't get it on the coach bus. I had to downgrade to a Class C. I was in Oklahoma trying to get this um, CDL. And I'm there with the bus and I'm doing the pre-trip inspection. And I thought it was going to be one way, and then it was another way. And the instructor was just standing there looking at me like, I am just waiting for you to mess up. I'm just waiting. And they almost seemed glad when I messed up on the pre-trip inspection. But the purpose of, an, of the instructor is to make sure that you are qualified to operate a motor vehicle at high rates of speed around other vehicles operating at high rates of speed without endangering your life or the life of those around you. 
Basically, that's a complicated way of saying they need to make sure you know how to drive, right? If you've driven recently, you may have questioned the judgment of some of those instructors who passed people. And you're asking, how in the world did they get their driver's license? But we're not here to talk about driving tests. Life has many more tests than a driving test. In fact, God will send tests into your life to challenge you, to grow you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. In verse number 1, it said, After these things, and it came to pass after these things, that God did tempt Abraham. Now we hear the word tempt, and that's what it means. But it also has this idea. Test. It was not that God was tempting in the idea of alluring. We think of a temptation as a struggle with lust or something that is drawing us away. That is not the kind of temptation that is being talked about right here. It is talking about a test, a proving. um, When I was younger many years ago, I had the privilege to go with my family, with my dad, to the Aberdeen Proving Ground in Aberdeen, Maryland. How many have ever been there or even heard of it? Okay, my siblings. All right. What the Aberdeen Proving Ground is, is a place where the United States Army proves their weapons, where they test it, dates back, they used it during the Vietnam War, they used it to test some of the, the even the chemical weapons that they used to, for the, dip, the foliage and that that they would use to find the trails of the Viet Cong. They would, the proving ground at Aberdeen is so they can test how this weapon is going to work. They can put it in a situation and say, they can prove it and say, this weapon is going to work. This is going to help us in this situation. God was not sitting there with Abraham just pushing buttons and saying, man, I hope I can make Abraham squirm on this one. That wasn't God's intention. God was testing Abraham. God was proving Abraham. He was working in Abraham's life trying to make Abraham better in a, in a better relationship with God. He was trying to encourage Abraham and move him forward. There was only one problem. Abraham didn't know it was a test, right? All Abraham had was what God told him. Abra- God did not come to Abraham and say, this is a test, so get ready. Abraham only had what he knew about God from his relationship with God, what he knew about the character of God, as Abraham had walked with God prior to this event, Abraham knew, had come to know God. And as he faced this test, he knew the God he knew. He knew what God had done in the past, and he knew what God had told him today. But that was all he had. If you're going through a test right now, you don't here's something we all need to understand that God is under no obligation to tell you exactly what he is doing and why he is doing it because God is God. You may be going through a situation right now and your question is why me? Why am I going through this struggle? Why am I going through this health situation? Why am I looking for a job and cannot find a job? Why is my family member sick? Why is whatever 
um, the situations you're going through. Why is this happening? Why me? But God is not under an obligation to tell you that. He may. He may at the end. But God is God and He is working out things for His glory. And when we simply trust and obey and do what God has told us to do, we will find out not only is God glorified, but that it will work out for our good in the end. So, God is testing Abraham. And if you know this story, you're going to understand the answer to this question. How did God test Abraham? We're moving through this. God is testing Abraham. Well, how did he test him? God commands. He didn't give a suggestion. Hey, Abraham, it would be a good idea if you do this. He gave a straightforward, undeniable command to surrender his greatest treasure in an act of worship. Just look at the language God uses here. Verse number 2 of Genesis 22, it says, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac. Just let's, let's just stop there. Thine only son. That is a phrase, if you look it up through the Bible, this is what it, it is used of something extremely precious. Especially in those days, he was saying, this is your only son. A son was very important because the son is what passed down the lineage. The son is what passed down the family name. Which was, in that culture, if you did not have a son, that was a disgrace. So not only was it something that was precious, something that was valued, it was his only son. It was his only hope to pass down Abraham's line. And by the way, if you have read your Bible, all of the promises that God had given to Abraham of the land, that the land that your seed is going to multiply and I'm going to be your God, even of the coming Messiah, was through Isaac. Everything was built through Isaac. And God is saying, take now thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest. Not only were God's promises to come through Isaac, there was also a father-son relationship there. This wasn't just... Anybody, this was his son. This was his only son that had been born to Abraham when he was a hundred years old. And God tells him, offer Isaac for a burnt offering. Whoa. That isn't something that's in the character of God. God doesn't want human sacrifice. Just reading that and saying, what on earth is God asking here? God is asking Abraham to worship God in an act of giving up absolutely everything that the promises of God have led to. To Isaac. All the promises of God to Abraham are hinged in Isaac. It's his son. Who Abraham loves. And God tells Abraham, you take Isaac... To a place I will tell thee of. Go to the land of Moriah. To a place I will tell thee of. And offer him for a burnt offering. That would be the end of all of God's promises. If you look at it that way. From the physical standpoint. Right? 
Can I get, can I get some agreement? If, if Abraham did exactly what God told him to do, that would be the end of everything God had promised. Would you say that's a difficult test? Where Abraham was being asked to give up everything God had told him to set his hopes on. That's it. It's over. This was a test that God gave Abraham. How did Abraham score? If we're using the analogy of the test. Abraham acted in the way he had trained himself to act. All, as, he, as God spoke to him in the past, what, he, what did he do? He obeyed what God said. God brought this other situation to him, this test, where Abraham had no idea what God was doing. Abraham could have gone, but God, this doesn't make any sense. God, you don't understand. What would, if Abraham had said that, what would he have been saying? That God didn't understand? God was giving him a direct command. And so Abraham acted as he had trained himself to act in instant obedience. Look at verse number three. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took, up, and took of his young, two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering. The word clave there is singular. The idea that at least in the study that I had, it was Abraham, 117 maybe, who went out and chopped the wood to make sure that he had everything he needed. He was going to worship God. He was going to obey God. So he, God tells him, he rises up early the next morning. We don't see any dragging of the feet, screaming, God, this isn't what I want to do. God, why are you doing this? He takes his servants and his son. He didn't conveniently forget anything that he would need. He put careful preparations and to make sure that he could completely obey God. He made sure he wasn't going to count on finding driftwood. He took wood that would be prepared, ready to go. He made sure he took fire. He made sure he took the knife and everything he would need to completely Obey God. Often, God gives us a command, and we'll obey God up to a point. You know, God tells us, God commands us through His Word, through the preaching of God's Word. God speaks to our hearts, and we know we should be doing this. And we obey to a certain point. We well, that isn't really what I want to do. I'm not comfortable with all that. I know what God said, but do we see that in the life of Abraham? Not at all. Complete obedience. He left his servants when he reached the place where God had told him, this is the place I want you to do this. Where I want you to fulfill the orders I have given you. Abraham leaves his two servants, takes his son, and moves forward. He even endured the questioning of his son. His son began to ask him, Dad, what's going on? We have everything we need for a burnt offering except the sacrifice. Oftentimes, we'll obey God up 
until someone begins to question us, until someone begins to challenge. Wait a second. What are you doing? Well, you know, I think this is what God wants me to do. Well, Abraham had the clear word of God on this. He endured the questioning of his son. He got to the top. He required the obedience of his son. He didn't tell Isaac, well, this is something that if you want to do this, you're going to do this. But obviously, Abraham, okay, if Isaac was 17, 20, we don't know how old Isaac exactly was, but he was a young man, talks about the lad. Abraham was 100 plus however old Isaac was. So, if Isaac is 17, 117. Now, a 17-year-old boy can run. He can move a little bit faster than a 117-year-old man. One would imagine. But Isaac cooperated with his father. He had enough respect to his father that he obeyed. I was like, Isaac, I don't know what's going on. But God told Dad, this is what's happening, and I'm going to obey my dad. Just as Abraham reaches for the knife. You can, you can, if you, as you read this, you can feel the tension that's in the passage. Abraham is acting in obedience to God. Right? Abraham is doing exactly what God has said. There is a three-day journey to the mountain where this is happening. But Abraham's going to obey God. Abraham doesn't know this is a test. He doesn't know what God is doing. But he knows God. And he knows that God is not going to tell him to do anything that is going to contradict something else God has said. If you go to Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible talks about how Abraham accounted God was able to raise Isaac from the dead. He knew that God's promises were through Isaac. Right? God had promised that everything was going to come through Isaac. Abraham knew that God had spoken. He wasn't just saying, well, I think this is God. He knew God had spoken, had commanded him to sacrifice his son. So he said, if I'm going to obey God, God can't contradict himself. He'll raise my son. He's able to raise my son from the dead. But I'm going to obey God. So he takes the walk up the mountain with his son. His son asks him, his only son, whom he lovest. Where is the burnt offering? He answers him, God will provide himself a lamb. They get to the top of the mountain. Abraham builds an altar. That would take some time. He's either piling some stones or digging some dirt. He's making an altar on the top of Mount Moriah. He orders the wood on top of the altar. He binds his son, Isaac, and sets him on top of the wood. 
And verse number 10 says, And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Never once up to this point do we see Abraham stopping. Do we? Stopping the fulfilling of what God had commanded him to do. Was it something he wanted to do? No. This was his only son, whom he loved. But it was what God had commanded him to do. And so he continued in obedience. And just as he is reaching for the knife, he has the knife in his hand. The voice from heaven, the angel of the Lord says, Abraham, Abraham. You, you could just imagine the relief that sweeps over Abraham as he hears his name called. He says, hear him I. Maybe his voice is trembling with the emotion of the situation. And the angel of the Lord says, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Abraham now understands. It's a test. Abraham hears the word of the angel saying, You passed. I know that thou fearest God because you didn't hold anything back. You obeyed God completely. And not only that, as Abraham offered the sacrifice Once again in Hebrews, as it talks about this event, it says, For he saw in a figure. Abraham got to see a little bit of what was going to happen in the future as God's only son would offer himself on the cross on that same mountain thousands of years later. Abraham was being tested by God. And he passed. A difficult test with faith, with such faith. It wasn't that he was crawling through this and being dragged, kicking and screaming through what God had put in front of him. It was that he was involved in it, willing, obeying, doing everything God had told him to. With faith in God. He wasn't questioning God. He wasn't saying, why me? He was simply saying, I believe God. I'm going to keep trusting God. He passed the test because he feared God and because he trusted in God. You say, that sounds simple. Exactly. He believed that God's word was what he needed to do. No matter what the situation, what God said was what he had to do. He feared God and he trusted God. He believed that God's word was best. He believed that God was going to do what He said He was going to do, even if Abraham didn't understand it, even if Abraham had no clue what was going on, he knew that God was good. He knew that God was not going to do something that was going to destroy his life, but that God was going to use whatever this situation, why ever this was going on, to make Abraham more like God. To grow Abraham in the way he needed to go. The reason why there's tests in life is because you and I need to grow. 
You and I need to... God doesn't, just like Stephen talked about with higher ground. It, it, God does not want us staying stagnant. In your spiritual life, you are never still. You are always moving in one direction. Either you are moving forward or you are moving backward. There is no place where you are not moving at all. And the reason why God sends tests in your life, the reason why you might say, why me? Why am I going through this right now? Is because if you will allow it, God is trying to take you from where you are and move you to a place that is more like Him. And Abraham was able to pass the test, the very difficult test, the trial that God placed in his life. It wasn't to turn Abraham out of the way and make him question God. It was to, if, because Abraham followed God, at the end of the situation, he was able to see something in the future that he never would have seen. God was able to take Abraham and move him to where he wanted him because he feared And trusted God. What about you? What time of testing does God have you in today? You are not going to experience the same test Abraham did. God is not going to ask you to take your son and offer offer him for a burnt offering on a mountain in upstate New York. God is not going to make that is not going to happen. But you know what God might ask you to do? He might ask you to give up your dreams of something in the future and just serve God now. He may ask you to surrender the desires that you have and submit to His Word. God may ask you to do something, to give up what you prize the most, even something that is good. Even something that God has given you. God will put you through a test. But when we face the test of life, how oftentimes do we say, why me? Do we say, God, what are you doing? I had this all planned out and now my plans just went completely... Every, there, there's nothing left of them. I thought it was everything was going to go this way. I thought my job was going to be here. And it went kaboom. I thought that I was going to have this and this and this retirement. And then the market crashed and it's all gone. I thought I was going to have this type, whatever you want to put in. Whatever, situ- whatever you can fill in the blank. And we can question the purposes God has in our life. But if we will look at it, it is through that very testing that God is graciously seeking to move our hearts and our desires closer to Him so He can show us the great and mighty things which we do not know. The great and mighty things that thou knowest not. God wants to build us. God wants to move us forward. And you and I can pass the test that God is going to give to you today. You are going to experience tests. Some of them are from our own making. Where we sin. Where we go against what God has said. And we experience not the tests, but the consequences of our sin. But God is also going to put tests in your life. He's going to give you 
How do you know it's a test from God? He has given you a clear command from His Word. There are many voices in the world that you can listen to and you can say, is this God speaking to me? Well, how do you know God's speaking to you? It's from the Word. It's from the Bible. If it's coming from the Bible, if you can look at it and say, this is what God is saying. You know what? God has commanded us to live a holy life, even in New York City, even in 2017. You know, God has commanded us to reach the world, even in New York City, where people don't necessarily want to hear the gospel. Well, you could go just about anywhere and people don't want to hear the gospel. Because why? We have sinful hearts that don't want to follow God. But God has still given us commands and we're still to obey them. And you can say, how on earth am I supposed to do this? Why was I born in 2017? Why am I alive in 2017? It would have been so much easier back in the good old days. Not necessarily. Because there would have been different tests. It would have been different trials. And you and I can pass the test. Not the same test that Abraham passed. But we can pass the test with the same faith that Abraham had. We can reach the same score that Abraham passed in his test when we respond in fear and trust to God. Well, how do I respond in fear and trust to God? That sounds very ambiguous, Brother Andrew. That sounds like what someone might say is Bible speak. That is, that's, that's just jargon you're using. I have no idea how that works. Can I simplify it for us tonight? Because God said so. Because God said so. Abraham obeyed God because God said so. It wasn't because he wanted to, necessarily. He relished the idea of offering up his son. It's because God told him to. And because God told him to, that was enough. Are you experiencing the testing of God today? At some point, we all are. It's not to drive you away from God, but it's to drive you to God. It is to drive me closer to God so I can learn more about Him. The tests God give you are to grow you. I believe we would all like to hear God say at the end of this life, we're not going to hear an angel from heaven say, you passed the test. But as we grow in our relationship with God, as we walk with God, we eventually, if you are saved tonight, you will reach heaven. And if you live the way God, if you obey God and respond in fear and trust to God, you will hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But are you struggling with something God has asked you to give up? Or are you struggling simply with just the place God has you right now? Are you being tested by having to wait on God? That's one of the most difficult tests is just waiting. Not necessarily even having a command. God is not sitting beside you with a checklist marking you, seeing if you can fail by taking, He can fail you by taking a wrong turn. God's goal by putting tests in your life and in my life 
is to make us more like Him. And you and I are going to face tests. We are going to. There's no question. If we took testimonies tonight, I believe everyone could raise their hand and either talk about a test they're in currently, something that is trying their faith, or something that has happened in the past. Or we could come back in five years and there would be a whole nother list of things that we could talk about that God is trying us and moving us forward. But as I was reading through this passage in my devotions a couple weeks ago, this thought challenged me. Abraham obeyed God because God said so. Not because he had some great, marvelous showing of God's power saying, I want, this is a special request. I want you to do this. This is a special assignment. Whenever you hear the word special assignment, of course, everybody wants to be in on the special assignment, right? There's always the spy is given the super dangerous mission. It's the special, no. God wants you to obey Him today, tomorrow, next year. And eventually, it's going to boil down to this. You could come to a service and you could get super motivated and say, boy, I want to serve God. I'm going to, I'm going to get my life right. There's some music in my life I'm going to get rid of. Often we think of teen camp when we... Um, Think of this, that the teens are at youth conference right now. They're there, and they're hearing some preaching. And we often, people can criticize and say, they're going to come back, and they're all going to be excited, and in a few weeks it's going to go out. It doesn't have to. If you obey God today because God said so, that can carry you through no matter what. You don't have to be motivated to obey God because God said so. All we need is the fact that this is what God has said, and that's all I need to obey it. It doesn't have to be some warm, fuzzy feeling inside. You just have this great big emotion. I have to do this. No. This is all we need to know. God said, that's all, God said so. That's all Abraham knew. Abraham didn't know God was testing him. Abraham didn't know that God was going to record this story for all time in his word for us to come back and read and see the faith that Abraham had. But because Abraham responded in fear and trust to God, simply because God said so, we get to have a wonderful story and see how God worked in the life of Abraham and brought him to a point to where Abraham was able to see into the future of what God was going to do on Mount Calvary. Your choice to obey God today will have a great impact on where you are tomorrow. It's true. We can learn this from Abraham. You can trust God. You must fear God. So just obey God because He said so. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for tonight. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You that we can trust You, Lord. I just pray that as we leave, Lord, that we would leave challenged, but not only just motivated, Lord, or anything like that, but that we would leave here with your word and a knowledge that we simply must just obey you.
because you said so. In Jesus' name I pray. We'll just take a moment while the piano plays. If you need to come forward and pray at the altar or just pray at your seat, we'll just take a moment. And if God.